Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. I do want to let you know that the room is being video recorded. It's also being audio recorded. A 31-year-old man is sitting in front of two detectives. He's handcuffed, his hands in his lap, his head down. Listen to, listen to this. According to your story, th- this is where it does not make sense. If your intent isn't already there to do some kind of harm or some kind of evil to her, some friggin' evil that's there, bro, it's there. And there is evil here. Evil that destroyed lives and rocked a small community. I'm your host, Ashley Korsland, and this is Urge to Kill, a KGW original. Yeah, the devil's gonna take me. It just baffles me that somebody can just take someone's life. The most evil person you've ever met. A tragic update to bring to you tonight. Why us? How can it be us? And then that's when he just like started basically yelling at me to start driving. He's like, I need to get out of here. He's like, I just killed somebody. Police now say they found a body. I yelled for help. And he said, I'll shoot you. And I yelled for help again. Then he shot me. Do you think he would have become a serial killer had he had the chance? I think so. Yeah, the devil's come to take me. When your life is actually on the line, everything changes. I've been a journalist for over a decade. I'm now a news anchor and reporter for KGW in Portland, Oregon. I remember the first time I heard the name Kaylee Sawyer. It was Monday morning, July 25th of 2016. There was a massive search going on in Bend, Oregon which is about three hours from where I work. It seemed like the entire town was out looking for this missing 23-year-old. The story quickly got picked up by news stations around the state. Bend police are working to find Kaylee Sawyer tonight. Sawyer was last seen early Sunday morning wearing a black dress and carrying a green Volunteers searched early this morning. Anyone with information that might help find Sawyer is urged to contact Bend police. It's really scary to think that that could happen to any one of us. Throughout my career, I've been a crime and investigative reporter, and I've covered countless cases about missing people, kidnappings, and murders. We are all bombarded with the most horrific crimes in the news, unfortunately, every single day. But Kaylee's story is one that still haunts me. In the end, her killer's only explanation was that he had an urge to kill. What he did stunned everyone. Kaylee's family, his other victims, even detectives. They may never get answers or closure, but for the first time, every one of them is ready to publicly share their story. And it begins here. 
Ms. Fletcher, can I help you? It's Sunday night, July 24th of 2016. Yes, I need to have an officer call me. Um, my daughter is missing. What's the address so, that she's missing from? Um, you know, it's her boyfriend's. Um, she and her boyfriend, they live up at the Regency um, by COCC. All right. And what is your name? My name is Julie, J-U-L-I, last name Van Cleef. V-A-N. That's Kaylee Sawyer's mom, Julie, calling 911. It's been 19 hours since anyone's seen Kaylee. Okay, I'm going to have the officer who spoke with her boyfriend earlier give you a call, okay? That would be awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Soon after this call, people in Bend start hearing about a missing woman. Flyers are going up around town, and thousands of people are sharing the news on Facebook. The missing poster shows Kaylee leaning against a tree, wearing a Boston Red Sox hat with a flat brim. She has a huge smile on her face. It's warm and inviting, and just by looking at her, you can tell she's kind. She has long blonde hair curled in loose waves. The flyer describes the outfit she was wearing the last time anyone saw her, a black dress, brown boots, and a green purse. It also mentions her tattoos, a rosary on her ankle, and an ohm sign on her wrist. And at the bottom of the flyer, the number for the Bend Police Department. If you've never been to Bend, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the Northwest. It sits on the eastern edge of the Cascade Mountain Range along the Deschutes River, where the pine forests meet the high desert. People here feel safe because Bend is safe. Kaylee grew up here with a blended family. Her parents divorced when she was a kid and both remarried. Each went on to have two more children, all boys, making Kaylee the oldest and only girl of five children. When we first travel to Bend to interview Kaylee's parents, I can see the pain in their eyes when I start asking questions. Um, tell me a little bit about Kaylee. Mm. Um, it makes me feel sad for putting them through this. And even though their faces light up when they talk about Kaylee, their emptiness is raw and palpable. She, from an early age, was just the light of our life. Here's her mom, Julie Van Cleve. You know, my, my whole family, she was... Um, the first grandchild, and um, she had such a big, happy personality, always smiling. She was an easy baby. She, um, you know, wasn't, there wasn't a stranger. She would talk to anybody. Um, the way that I usually describe her is when you look at her, I mean, as an adult, you can tell that she was beautiful, but even as a child, she was, you know, a beautiful child, but her beauty came from inside. You know, she was so beautiful that it just, it radiated out. Did Kaylee have any nicknames growing up? So when she was little, she couldn't say um, Kaylee Sawyer. And so when you would ask her what her name was, she would say KK Foyer. And so um, we always called her, um, you know, the family called her KK. She was the spotlight most of the time. She came into the room, the room lit up. That's Kaylee's dad, Jamie yeah. Sawyer. She was, uh, she was the one that was extremely successful with rules and guidelines, but hated rules and guidelines. <laughs> yeah. Going through high school and junior high was, as a parent, you 
let the rope out a little by little, and she would take off and run until the rope burned your hands, and you had to bring her back. Go, <laughs> come on! That's not. We're not going to go that far yet. Jamie's now married to Crystal, Kaylee's stepmom. Crystal says growing up, Kaylee was extremely motivated to someday work in the medical field. That's always what she wanted to do, and she wanted to be um, a brain surgeon in particular. And she held on to that for so long, and her uncles would be like, you know how many years of schooling you actually need for this? And she'd go, you don't think I can do that? Watch me. And then Kaylee set her sights on becoming a dentist. She signed up to, she started working at as an assistant um, at a, a local dentistry here and lo and behold she started signed up to be a dentist so that's pretty cool she had the smile for it she definitely did (laughs) i imagine many young men were drawn to kaylee's smile but the one who had her heart cameron reemhofer her serious boyfriend of two years Kaylee and Cameron lived together in an apartment near Central Oregon Community College on the west side of Bend. By all accounts, Kaylee's life is going well. She has a great job at a local dentist's office, she's just re-enrolled at COCC, and has a great group of friends. But then, that night happened. It's Saturday night, July 23rd. Kaylee is out with her friends celebrating a bachelorette party. She's drinking and having fun, and her friends notice she's dancing with a guy who is not Cameron. But they don't think much of it. After all, she's had a bit to drink, and they've been bar hopping for hours. Around midnight, Kaylee sends Cameron a text asking him to pick her up from the bar. He does, and he takes her back to their apartment, where they get into an argument in the parking lot. Frustrated, Cameron goes upstairs and comes back 10 minutes later to check on Kaylee, but she's gone. In the past, Kaylee walked away during fights to cool off, but she would always come back. This time, she doesn't. Cameron texts her to come home, but she's upset and tells him her phone is about to die. Yeah, my first name's Devin. My last name is Lewis. Lieutenant Devin Lewis of the Bend Police Department was one of the first officers to work what started as a missing persons case. Can you walk us through the text messages? Those text messages are heartbreaking. Um, He agrees to read to us the texts between Cameron and Kaylee in the moments after she walks away from the parking lot. It's about 1230 and he says, where are you? Please come home and talk to me. At least you're being unfair. She says, are you kidding? What a joke. I'm sorry I'm not good enough for you. And he says, I don't get how you can say that. And she says, if you wanted me, you could have, but you don't care. If you cared even a little bit, you know where I am. Sorry, I'm not as important as your phone. And he said, Kaylee, please just come home and be with me. I don't want to play this game. I'll start searching, but please help me out. And then she says, my phone's about to die. Bye. And he says, please don't do this to me. I apologize for being upset when I picked you up. They keep texting and arguing for a while. Then it ends with this. He's like, I just drove up and down College Way really slow. I didn't see you, and I don't know where else to go. Just come back. And she says, are you kidding? Because that's bullshit. Goodbye. Phone off. And he says, Kaylee, please. And that's it. And that's what I mean. Like, you hear that, and if that, like, then you know how it ends. If that doesn't, like, totally break your heart and go right to you, it's, it's ugh. like, even reading it again, it's like, it's just awful. It's awful to know how it turned out. No one could have imagined what happens next. It's Sunday, July 24th. 
Cameron calls Kaylee's phone, but it keeps going straight to voicemail. So he calls Kaylee's dad, Jamie, who's at church with Crystal. Cameron tells Jamie he can't find Kaylee. I really thought that it was just a bad date, bad night, because she'd been out with some friends. They are out having drinks. She was dancing with the guy on the floor, just out there hanging around the bar, just having fun with everybody. And her friends had Cam come pick her up. And uh, they got in a fight. Jealous boyfriend, drunk girlfriend. That's, things happen. So, didn't think anything about it. And after talking with him, he was kind of convinced with what I thought too. Was like, he, she probably just went over to cool off at her friends or something. Or a worst case scenario, I hope she didn't make a really stupid decision and go hang out with whoever this guy was. Mm-hmm. Something had to be something reasonable. Something just it didn't even cross my mind that there was anything other than just something explainable. She was going to pop up, mm-hmm. and that was just going to be uh, just the way it, the way it was. was. Why would you? I mean, no one would ever think. But then her phone would just go straight to voicemail over and over. And over it w- it wasn't and then it just it just stopped by that afternoon Kaylee hasn't turned up at her mom's or any of her friends homes Jamie doesn't want to let himself believe the worst case scenario but it's hard for him not to go there uh, we even went down the road if there's a lady that that uh, a friend of ours called to get a hold of this where she's a professional drug with with sex trafficking thought that somebody kidnapped her my next thought was literally I thought that somebody might in my head, my next thing was somebody kidnapped her. And a uh, pretty blonde girl, you know, walking around at night or something, somebody picked her up. I did think that. And then the lady that uh, was a professional talked with us, she, uh, she said, it doesn't, that's not the signs, that's not what they do. She said, this just doesn't sound like that. And so we're still not, not getting the picture of what's going on here. So Jamie and Crystal go home, confused and concerned and still pushing away that seed of doubt to the back of their minds. Still didn't think about really. You didn't, I did at that point. Yeah, I still was not just like, it's gonna, she's just gonna pop up. Crystal, you thought something worse had happened? By evening of Sunday evening, knowing that she had been out with her friends and gotten in an argument Saturday night, and she hadn't gone home to shower and change after being at the bars, I knew in my head by late Sunday afternoon, probably three or four, that something was seriously wrong. She's not just missing. There's that, more. That was the bigger thing. Is her car was still at her friends. We did know that, and her friends didn't know where she was. So that was pretty alarming. I still didn't want to go down that road. And neither does Cameron. But at this point, it's been too many hours without hearing from Kaylee. So he calls 911 to report her missing. Dispatch, how can I help you? Hi. Um, I'm not sure if this is quite the right number to call. Last night I got home from the bars with my girlfriend, and she got upset at me and ran off. Mm-hmm. And I chased her and wasn't able to find her, and I still haven't heard from her. Her phone's off. I called all our family, and they haven't heard from her, so I'm wondering what you recommend I do. We can put in a call, and we can uh, have officers and deputies uh, look for her. Okay. And where was she last seen at? Um, College Way. College in what? Um, Alpine Meadows Apartment Complex. It's like at the top of College Way. In that ap- apartment complex? Yes. In a specific apartment or? In the parking lot. Just in the parking lot? You guys yeah, don't in live my there? Or? Yes, we live there together. And her other friends and family haven't heard from her either? Correct. Okay, so did she just take up walking or something from this address? Like 
she was mad. Yeah, I walked. She was yeah, she was mad at me. So I walked inside and told her to come meet me. And then when she's like, calm down. And then I went back out in ten minutes, and she was gone. And I called her a few times, and she said she was walking down the street. And then I guess she said her phone was about to die. And then she, I couldn't get a hold of her after that. I haven't heard from her since. Okay. She took off on foot. Yes. What's her last name? Sawyer. S A W Y E R. Yes. First name. Kaylee. K A Y L E E. And does she have a vehicle? Is it parked in the parking lot, or? She has a vehicle. It's parked at her friend's house, and I've been over there and talked to her friend, and she hasn't heard from her either. And the vehicle's still there. Yep. And what's the color, make, and model? It's a Subaru Impreza, and it's like a dark grayish blue. Any idea where she would go, or? I don't know. All the I figured she'd go where her car was, her best friend's, or her mom's. And I've been over to both. Talked to her dad, and I just haven't heard anything from anybody knowing this. Okay. Does she go to like have a job that she needs to be out that she missed or anything or anything like that? Not today. She has work tomorrow at Aubrey Dental. Okay. And any diagnosed mental or uh, physical health issues? No, none that I know of. Okay. All right. We'll uh, have an officer get in contact with you. If she gets in contact with you, they'll give us a call back. Okay, we'll right. do. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. That call is the catalyst for a massive search for Kaylee. Julie knows a man who's willing to help. He runs an organization called the Destiny Search Project. And he was offering his help and said, you know, do you have a, a poster? I'll help you get a poster together. Um, you know, I'll start coordinating. Um, and, you know, um, I think he talked to the police and he talked to the reporters for me. While volunteers start jumping on their effort, Julie and her husband Chris do everything they can think of too. They drive around for hours looking for any sign of Kaylee. And, you know, we didn't see anything up at COCC and we went back to the um, Cam and Kaylee's apartment. When an officer calls Julie back. And the officer um, just told us, well, you know, just go home and um, we'll give this to the detectives and on Monday and we'll get in touch with you. So Julie is frustrated but goes home anyway. She wants to be there in the slim chance that Kaylee shows up at her house. But that night, she just can't shake the feeling that something is off with Cameron's story. What I was frustrated with was that um, I couldn't follow his story. Like, it, it wasn't making sense to me. Julie can't make sense of that or really anything about her daughter's disappearance. Where would a perfectly healthy person go? Did Kaylee leave on her own or did someone take her? These are all questions Julie and detectives start asking. And like in many investigations where a woman goes missing, police look at the boyfriend first. Growing up here, dealing with everything that's going on now, I'm surprised this town's even standing. Bardstown, Kentucky is a small town in the heart of the Bluegrass State. But Bardstown, Kentucky also has secrets. Five unsolved murders over four years. Rumors and theories, and still no one is behind bars. I've been 100% grateful. What are you saying? 
You listen to what I'm saying. Bardstown, a new podcast from Vault Studios. It's been you know, almost six years. There's still not a lot of answers. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Just a warning, what you're about to hear contains graphic depictions of violence and sexual assault. The details may be disturbing or upsetting to some listeners. By Sunday night, Kaylee's been missing for more than 18 hours. At 7.30 p.m., she's entered into law enforcement databases as an endangered missing person. Detectives ping her cell phone to try and pinpoint her location. And then they focus their investigation into whether that fight between Cameron and Kaylee really ended like he told them. Here's Lieutenant Devin Lewis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Cameron was, you know, you know, we're trying, we never try to put all of our eggs in one basket, um, but we were definitely looking at Cameron. I mean, initially, you guys have to look at him as a suspect. And I know it's kind of been painted that, like, yeah, he was our initial suspect. And I hate to use those, those words, I don't, because uh, Cameron went through, you know, went through some awful stuff that I would hate for anyone to have to go through. And to his credit, he was forthright with us the entire time. He allowed us to look at his computer, allowed us to look at his phone, allowed us to look in the car, allowed us to go through the apartment. He was so cooperative from the get-go. And now we've had suspects, you know, boyfriends, husbands, spouses that have done, you know, these similar things that also act, you know, that will act obviously cooperative to try to steer us off them. So we weren't ignoring him, but... It's hard to put into words, but you do this long enough, and sometimes you can just tell when almost, like, the fear or the sadness isn't genuine, you know? And you could, and here you could see, like, he truly had no idea where she was, and he was, I mean, he appeared just like, I hate to say a normal reaction, but he appeared truthfully scared and frightened and, you know, completely upset about what was happening. Cameron is being truthful. He's devastated and just as confused as everyone else. Police rule him out as a suspect. Then they track down the man from the bar, the one friends saw Kaylee dancing with that Saturday night. He essentially confirmed what all her friends and witnesses had said. That they had been flirting and, you know, dancing and, you know, kissing. And that, but that was it. And like, you know, last time he saw her, she was getting into, you know, the guy's car, which, you know, we knew was Cameron's car. So that lead becomes a dead end, too. And even though police are interviewing everybody who talked to Kaylee before she disappeared, they don't know for sure whether anything criminal or suspicious has even happened. But yeah, a lot of times with these cases, if it's an adult, if it's somebody over 21, ultimately over even 18, right, they have the freedom to do what they want. They can drop off the face of the earth. They can, like, you know, maybe they met somebody and they don't want their family or their boyfriend or their girlfriend. No, they just met somebody. So they, you know, take off for a couple of days to hang out with that person. Police know that if Kaylee just wanted to go off the radar for the weekend or just get away for a while, she would definitely return for work the next morning. 
It's Monday, July 25th. Kaylee's family is anxiously waiting to find out if she shows up at work. She's supposed to be there at 9 a.m., but Detective Lewis receives news that puts a pit in his stomach. I remember um, the lieutenant of our detective unit at the time, Brian Kendall. Kendall called me early on on Monday morning um, and just said, hey, just so you know, uh, that girl uh, didn't show up for work this morning. And I was like, damn it. He's like, yeah, I know. Based on what I heard at that point, that seemed like it would be very out of character, like she was very proud of that job. She really liked that job. She really liked the people she worked with. That was a little bit tough. That was, I guess, I don't want to say, I, you know, I knew, I didn't, I didn't, you don't want to believe that that's happened, but it definitely wasn't a good sign. And that's enough for detectives to ramp up their search. They closely follow the locations they get from pinging Kaylee's cell phone. The pings show her moving in and around different parts of Bend and nearby towns. And uh, continued to kind of try to ping her phone. At one point it was pinging in Madras, then it was also pinging in Mountaineer Way in Bend. Later on that afternoon we got another ping in the Black Butte area. And so me and another guy went flying out to Black Butte, and then that's when we determined that it wasn't actually her phone. It was a guy who knew Kaylee because she had given like an old phone to kind of a friend of hers that could use it as a tablet. And so we later learned that when that person would turn it on and it would connect to Wi-Fi, that would give us, that would show us a ping to her phone. So that was a little bit of a bummer because for a little bit there we thought, you know, we thought that was going to be a pretty good lead. Yeah, your, but either way, your heart must have been racing when you guys are heading out there thinking you fi- might was. find we her. Were, Yes, uh, me and the other detective, we were, um, I mean, we had so many people working on this right at that point. We had activated, you know, the major crimes team. We had detectives from Bend Police Department, you know, Redmond Police Department, Shoes County Sheriff's Office, Oregon State Police. I mean, pretty much all the detectives in the central Oregon area were actively working this case. And so we, yeah, we got pretty excited with that. And then it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a blow when we figured that out. But at least it was better to figure that out now, you know, than early on in the investigation than to continue having to, you know, chase chase that false that false lead. But what they don't know is that Kaylee has been dead for more than twenty four hours. Here's what we learned about what happened to Kaylee after those final conversations with Cameron. She texts him the word goodbye, and then her phone shuts off. It's now almost one in the morning on Sunday. The moon is bright overhead as Kaylee walks. She's alone and she's in the dark. It's cool outside. In the high desert of Oregon, it drops to comfortable temperatures overnight. A nice break from the long, hot July days. Kaylee's had a lot to drink and she's still wearing what she had on at the bar, a black dress and brown boots. She's clutching a green purse as she walks a couple blocks from her apartment to the Central Oregon Community College campus. In the moonlight, she can make out the silhouette of towering pine trees that surround her. As Kaylee walks, a bright flash of car lights illuminate the pavement. An SUV slows down and comes to a stop as she stands on the sidewalk. The SUV has a light bar on top and a push bumper, the kind you'd see on a police car. 
It also has reflective writing across the side. It's one of the college's public safety cars, and inside is a public safety officer who's on shift patrolling campus. It's not clear how or why, but Kaylee ends up in the back seat of that safety officer's car. Maybe she thinks he'd get her home safely. Maybe he forces her inside. He propositions Kaylee for sex, offering her money in exchange. She begins to panic. She starts screaming, and he yells at her to shut up. She tries to get out of the SUV, but she can't. The back doors lock from the inside. The car has a cage, keeping her from crawling to the front. She's trapped, and she knows something bad is about to happen. The safety officer demands her purse and her wallet. She hands them over. She thinks maybe he's just going to rob her. He takes her phone so she can't call for help. Kaylee starts screaming again, so he gets out of the car and opens the back door. Then he chokes her until she's unconscious. As Kaylee lies motionless in the back seat, the safety officer drives to parking lot B12. It's up a long winding road that elevates it above campus and offers stunning views of Oregon's Cascade Mountain Range. Even on a school day, the parking lot is pretty isolated because it's off the main drag, but at night, it's eerily quiet. Suddenly, Kaylee wakes up and starts screaming. She tries to crawl through the sliding window in the middle of the cage between the front and the back seat. She's trying to fight back, reaching for the siren, the lights, anything to let someone know she's in trouble. But she's helpless. The safety officer pulls over and gets out, opens the back door, and chokes Kaylee again. He drags her body into the parking lot, grabs a small boulder, and smashes it into her head. Once he thinks she's dead, he rapes her. But Kaylee is still breathing. When he realizes she's alive, he quickly drags her behind a tree and grabs another even bigger rock. This one is so big it's hard to lift. He bludgeons her yet again. And this time he's certain he's killed her. The man leaves Kaylee's lifeless body in lot B12 and he heads back to the campus gym. He takes a shower, nervously cleans the patrol car with wet wipes, and then goes inside to talk to a coworker, hoping his anxious behavior isn't noticeable. When he's done, he drives his personal car, a Nissan Altima, back to where Kaylee's body is. He wraps her head in a plastic bag because it's bleeding so badly, and then he places her in the trunk of his car. He throws her body into a ditch in the nearby town of Redmond and heads home. He goes home thinking about whether he should move Kaylee's body again. And then that man, Edwin Lara, gets into bed with his wife, a Bend police officer. I'm standing at the end of the wound, trying hard to sell my soul. 
next time on Urge to Kill. So he sits on the sofa, I turn off the TV, and then he just says that. He's like, I, I kill a woman. Edwin Lara's wife goes to police with a bombshell revelation. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, I hit her with the car. And police realize a killer is on the loose, and the clock is ticking. So our main concern, number one, is that nobody else gets hurt. Yeah, the devil's come to take me home. Urge to Kill is a KGW and Vault Studios production. Please subscribe and leave us a rating or review. We've got a lot more information, including videos and pictures, on kgw.com slash urge to kill. You can also follow us on Instagram at urge to kill podcast and join the urge to kill Facebook group on KGW's Facebook page. This show is hosted by me, Ashley Korslin. It's produced by me, Destiny Johnson and Mila Mamitsa. It's edited by Zachary Carver and Destiny Johnson. Original artwork by Jeff Patterson and videography by Eric Patterson. Special thanks to Ellen Boynton, KGW management and staff, and the Sawyer family.